1: A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com.
0: This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds And while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The glass noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle.
1: This is Podco Media Networks.
0: On episode 133 of Confessions of a Marketer, building a great brand... it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Jocelyn Kopak is here to talk about building a great brand. We will have that in just a moment. Soon we'll be joined by Amanda Slavin, who has a book called The Seventh Level, which is all about engagement. We had a great discussion. I can't wait to share that with you. And coming up in the weeks and months ahead, we'll be talking with Maggie Fox about the CEO-CMO relationship. And lots more. Vincenzo Landino will be in to talk about CEOs and social. Mark Schaefer will be here to talk about his book, Marketing Rebellion, along with Consumer Trends, Customer Loyalty, and Viral Marketing. Plus, Catherine Hayes, speaker, advisor, co-host of CMO Spotlight on Sirius XM Business Radio, and author of Beyond Advertising, will be in to discuss advertising. Lots more great discussions in store.
1: If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today.
0: All right, on to Jocelyn Kopak. Jocelyn started out in music and moved into speaking, venture capital, and brand work. She currently works with clients that need to move their brand online. People like speakers and coaches. It's an interesting space, and Jocelyn has a fascinating point of view. It was a fun chat, so let's get to it. Jocelyn, great to have you on the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so super excited.
0: Can you share your background and career path, how you got where you are?
1: Yeah. So I have been an entrepreneur my whole life. And when I say that, I literally mean it. I started my First business when I was seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know, I know. I was one of those kids, and I wasn't doing a lemonade stand, but I lived on a farm, and so I did free range organic eggs, and I had oh, like wow. fifty chickens, and I grew up like not right outside, but about an hour and a half, two hours outside of Chicago. So all the Chicagoans, or however you say that, would come up and buy eggs because I thought like it was a super cool thing to stop at the farm and actually buy eggs. So yeah, I had myself a little business and so it grew to meat animal products. And so anyway, so that was how I got started. (laughs) Yeah. I grew up, went to college in college. I started my first, you know, big girl, you know, with quotes around a business. And that was in music because I was a music scholar and I played music all through high school and things. And so that was, that was my thing. So that business, so I have been in the service industry my whole entire life mm-hmm. and it just evolved into what I do now, which is speaking venture capital and digital marketing. So helping people get their brand up online and making money. <laughs>
0: What kind of clients do you have?
1: So we focus very strictly on people that either have or want to take their brand online. And the reason that is, is because I'm really big about building an audience, not just throwing money at ads and waiting for somebody to buy from you. Mm -hmm. And so we work with a lot of people with e-commerce stores or that need a brand online like speakers or coaches.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a growing field, isn't it? That type of person who has maybe had a career of 10, 15, 20 years who decides to start sharing their wisdom.
1: Yeah, it is a huge field and it's really fun to see though, because each person, even though like, let's say they're going to go be a business coach, they all have their very distinct thought processes when it comes to that, even though they, you know, they've all come from corporate America or something along those lines. And so it's always really fun to talk with them and start to get to know the client when they're coming on. Cause you're like, oh my goodness, I never even thought of that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> And yeah. It's,
1: it's fun to get to know them like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what's the secret or maybe it's not a secret. What are the basic elements of building a great brand for someone?
1: Yeah. So I always say the most important thing is having clarity within yourself and what you want your business to do. Because a lot of people start a business because they think it's like sexy, you know, and they they just want to make money, which (laughs) is great. That's exactly why you should start a business. You shouldn't want to start a business to like play around and spend money, <laughs> Right. but they need to have clarity on where they actually want to go because you can't build a brand without that end idea in mind, right? Whether it's they want to exit and sell that brand, you know, for $4 million, or they want to be able to talk to a conference and immediately get a spot on the stage, or if they want publishers to reach out to them to write books, like whatever that is that they really, really want to do. So having that clarity is really, really paramount. And then using that to flip it over into, okay, who actually is going to listen to that and want to be part of that insight and that drive and that pathway. Because if you don't know who you are talking to, you can't talk to them. And so a lot of people really skip that clarity on the front end of where you want to go and that clarity of who actually wants to go with you on that journey. They think, oh, I'm going to be a household brand. I hear that all the time. Like mm-hmm. I want to take my you know, product that's an e product, right? And become a household brand. And you're like, no, that you can't do that. <laughs> right. Because unfortunately you didn't invent the microwave, you know? So yeah. you have to have a very clear of whose house you want to be in. And then make sure you are talking about that every single time you talk about where you want to go. So that's the two big things that I usually talk to when it comes to building a good brand.
0: So how do you advise clients? If I were a client coming to you, what would the first bit of advice be for me to manage my brand?
1: My first bit of advice, (laughs) and this sounds kind of silly, but is to get on every social media platform and save your either people call it your URL, your at tag, your username, whatever, right? So your name is Mark. So let's say yours is going to be at Mark Reed, right? (laughs) So get on there and save it, right? Because if you have goals to, you know, of world domination, (laughs) which I do, of course. Exactly. You want to make sure you have that, (laughs) that space on each platform already saved for you, even if you're not doing anything with it. And a lot of people miss that crucial step and then they go to that next platform, right? And they go to, copy their URL that they have on Facebook and Instagram over to that next platform. Like, let's say it's Twitter and their URL is already taken. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so it bunks up how everything works. So that would be my first thing always, no matter even if if somebody's coming on or not. I'm like, that is like the first thing you should do if you want to take your brand online because you need that space on each platform, whether you use it or not. So that's my first usually (laughs) go-to piece of advice. Yeah.
0: it's a very tactical thing, but boy, it's really important, isn't it?
1: It is. It is. And it makes my job as a marketer or as a strategist a lot easier because then we're not trying to come up with new ways to, you know, change up your brand name so that it fits on this next platform (laughs) because that really creates an issue with cohesiveness as you get bigger and people are trying to find you.
0: So who does this really well online, personal branding? you know, uh, Kylie Jenner, people like that, but maybe there are some names we haven't heard.
1: Yeah. So you probably have heard Gary Vee. He does an amazing job with yeah. his personal brand. Now, granted, it's not necessarily him. It's also his team, but he does a really good job because you can go on Twitter, you can go on Instagram, you can go on Facebook, you can go on TikTok and it's the same vibe he's giving off on all of it, which is great. So that is one name that a lot of people actually probably already know. My other favorite person, her name is Sunny Doozy. And she made her name big by utilizing YouTube to build her business. Mm-hmm. And as she's kind of moved throughout the platform, she's done a good job replicating her brand and her feel, but then making it specific to the platform she's trying out or going on to. So I really like those two.
0: Yeah. So you've got a, an interesting website that I was looking at earlier. It's called the digital Can yeah. you tell me
1: about it? Yeah. So the actually came, came about because I was looking around and I was using my own personal name uh, for my consultancy. And as we got bigger and started working with more clients, obviously I needed to build a team and I felt kind of weird <laughs> using my name sure. and being like, Oh, but you know, the team's going to help me out with this. So we Looked at what we could possibly do to consolidate the team and also the brand, and also separate it a little bit from my personal brand because my personal brand, I do some other stuff like venture capitalism and things like that. So, sure. you know, I wanted to separate that out. And so we actually took the SEO search engine optimization route yeah. <laughs> and found a keyword we liked and made it into our URL. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how makes we ended sense. up with the name. And the idea is it's, the place where you can go if you are trying to build your brand online, aka the digital market, and just are either stuck, you know, that you've already started it, you're already making, you know, six figures, but you're like, I just can't get to that next level. Or if you are just starting out and you have questions, right? Um, and you can come and you can find the answers or at least find somebody that can give you the answers. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: What are the toughest challenges in branding that you hear from your clients, from prospects, from colleagues that, you know, you can help people solve or the toughest challenges that you've ever heard from, from mm-hmm. any of these people?
1: So the first and first main one we hear is consistency, because consistency costs time. And if it costs time, it costs money. And yeah, you can totally just throw out a quote every few days. But if that quote isn't in in parallel with your brand and where you want to go, it just doesn't do anything for you really. So that's the first one. And there's a bunch of stuff and there's a bunch of gurus and marketing people that have various ways of working on consistency and helping you and your brand become more consistent and all are completely valid. But that's the first one that I hear a lot. And that's one of the main things our clients come to us with is like, Hey, we've been doing it, you know, bootstrapping it, or, you know, we lost our assistant that was doing it, you know, on a semi-regular basis. And now we're kind of lost and the consistency isn't there and we don't want to lose the momentum from all the other stuff we're doing. So that's the first thing. The second thing is reputation management. A lot of companies forget about this, like completely not even on their radar until it becomes an issue. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so that's another reason that we talk with a lot of clients about their brands is their reputation either has taken a dump for some reason, or they're looking at it and going, I'm trying to get to this next level, but we don't have the credibility to back us up, even though we have the sales to back us up. Right. And so, you know, how do we garner that reputation, that good reputation, or fix the reputation that has been tarnished? That's one of the two main ones that we see over and over again.
0: How do you manage that? We've talked about this a few times on the podcast and how, you know, for a local restaurant or small business, having to check all the reviews on the various sites and respond to them, whether negative Mm -hmm. or positive, that can be a, a huge undertaking for a small business. How do you recommend people manage that?
1: Yeah. So first and foremost for reputation management, I recommend whoever is keeping up with that stuff is not easily offended or butthurt. <laughs> because right. A lot of times I see mediocre review turn into a super bad review because whoever responded to it <laughs> either gave them an air of, we just don't care or "fucks right. sucks for you or something yeah. like that. And so that's my first thing. All the time is whoever is managing anything online is able to internalize and compartmentalize (laughs) that it's not necessarily them that the person is mad at. Right. (laughs) Just they just didn't have the best experience or the experience they were looking to have. So that's my first thing. And the second thing is proactivity is better than reactivity. So uh, making sure your customers are having a good time during their visit, during their stay, whatever, especially for a local business will help you out in the long run and is a lot cheaper than trying to refix your reputation after it's been damaged. And so that's one of my big ones is every time we see a business come and they're like, hey, we have like you know 15 really bad reviews. I go, okay, wait. Like it's not necessarily (laughs) these people were just pissed off like what is going on? What are you doing customer service-wise to either make it a great stay or a great visit or a bad one and fixing that? And then, like I said, being proactive. So talking with people. Is there anything we could have done to make it better? If you liked your stay, please leave us a review, right? That's stuff that your server at a restaurant can say Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you know, makes me look really good. Like you're going to give me a tip. I know this, but you know, makes me look really good in front of my boss. If he gets a review and says, Hey, Tammy was our server tonight and she was absolutely incredible. Right. Tammy
0: is always really good.
1: Exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so having that proactivity and working with your people that are customer facing with that proactivity and having them ask for reviews, ask for feedback, things yeah. like that will make your reputation management so much easier in the long run. Just I was so- at a
0: bar in New York, I don't know, a year or so ago where they asked for reviews. And then when you showed them the review, they gave you a drink special or something like that. I can't remember exactly. the thing.
1: And that's that's part of your proactivity and looking back at your customer service as well is can you afford that 10% off if you come in with a five-star review? Right. Because a lot of people aren't just going to do a five-star review, remove it. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're going to do a five-star review because they've been there and they really, really liked your service or your product or whatever. And so that's something that people can offer. Not all businesses have that ability or that margin to offer, but if they can offer something like that, absolutely amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I just want to talk about the platform. So, you recommend right at the beginning of the process, get on all the platforms with the same branding, same URL structure, all that. Mm-hmm. But I want to know two things. What's your favorite platform? And what's the platform that maybe people don't think about but should be on?
1: Yes. So, my overall favorite platform. So, my first is always go and get your branding on each platform, right? Whether you use it or not is besides yep. the point, nobody else can use it, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Then my favorite platform, and this is going to be pretty much counter to everybody else out there is Pinterest. And the reason is, is Pinterest has both male and female. People that are on Pinterest have a pretty decent income. You can run ads on Pinterest. Pinterest ads are not nearly as expensive. If you're going to run ads on Facebook or Instagram or even Google, those are like, ridiculously expensive. Uh, LinkedIn as well, those ads are very, very expensive. And Pinterest ads are very affordable. And you can send traffic to wherever you want to on Pinterest. As long as it's somewhere online, Pinterest will send traffic to it. And you can send traffic to it organically or with an ad. And so that's my favorite platform because you can really jumpstart your business quite quickly by garnering decent amount of quality traffic and so that's my first one that's always if you can pick a platform that you're going to be on Pinterest is my number one (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. the platform that a lot of people just don't even know about yet just because it's not huge yet and I've mentioned it already is TikTok yeah I know that sounds crazy it's a strictly video platform you only have 60 seconds with the video and it's starting out just like Instagram did Right. Yeah. And Instagram now is one of the, you could be arguably the top three social media platforms. And it's starting out in the middle school, high school, early college age range. And as it gains more popularity, it's actually becoming older and older, just like Instagram did. And obviously, as you grow older, the idea is you have more money, more disposable income to spend. But it's really nice to get on a platform before it blows up like that because you already have a following, which gives you more. Clout on the platform and it makes it easier to sell. So there are already people on TikTok that are making a ridiculous amount of money. And so that's one that I'm, the brands that can are, I'm highly recommending they start adding to their content process and adding TikTok onto it.
0: Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Essentially, what we're talking about is building a brand in the social universe, right? On these social media, digital platforms. And where do you think... Things are going with digital? Are, are we going to get more platforms or fewer platforms? Is TikTok going to take things over? Is, you know, there's a lot of talk in the political sphere about breaking up some of these big mm-hmm. brands like Facebook. Where do you think we're actually going?
1: So, <laughs> although there's a lot of talk about it, I don't think we are anywhere near being able to break these up. There's a few reasons I say that. One, the amount of money Facebook makes just doesn't make sense, but it's a lot of money. And two, they're starting to branch into things that aren't necessarily a social platform. Um, Like they're trying to branch into banking, they're branching into the dating sphere, they're branching into Craigslist's little piece of the internet with buy and sell, that kind of stuff. They're branching into, Reddit's kind of situation where that, you know, you can have that group where you talk and intertalk to yep. people with Facebook groups. So I don't think we're going to see a breakup of some of the bigger ones. I do think we're going to see a decline in use as we continue to grow, right? Because Twitter was the main one. Facebook took it over. Instagram, we thought was going to take over Facebook. Then Facebook bought Instagram. TikTok is now a big player or becoming a bigger player right? And I think we're just going to continue to add on and we're going to see a bigger span of social networks that cater to different types of things. But with that, in the next ten years, I think overall the written word, when it comes to like blogging, you know that kind of stuff, like written posts, are going to be pretty much null and void. I think we're going to have a lot of lot more audio, video. Yeah. Uh, so that's you know where podcasting comes in.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I obviously yeah. it's something that I'm heavily involved in, but it's a, just a wonderful medium to express yourself. And it
1: is. It definitely is. I, I like how you can actually express your meaning. You know, because you can hear the tone of voice. You can hear the, yeah. the meaning behind what you're saying, not just in writing. You sometimes miss that.
0: Yeah. And it's really about audio, you know, it's, yeah. it's called podcasting and certainly that's what we call our company, but, mm-hmm. but it's about audio and audio is a great way to tell stories and to One engage point. people. And the mm-hmm. thing I tell people, and maybe you'll agree, maybe you'll disagree is that it's a really intimate medium because you have headphones on or you're listening to it by yourself on your commute. It's, it's mm-hmm. really a one-to-one medium.
1: Oh, I think so too. and part of going off of that is I think you can find what suits you, Mm -hmm. right? There are... Plenty of business podcasts out there, and I mean, I'm speaking from experience where I have found business podcasts that I'm like, that is not helpful at all. And part yeah. of it is you know, they're, they're the way they speak, or the way they teach, or who they're bringing on, or whatever. But you know, I can listen to a podcast that's got the same format, just a different host, and all of a sudden, you know, it just clicks and it all works and it's fun to listen to and you're learning and you're you can you feel like you're interacting and you feel like you want to go onto social media and interact with it and things like that. So. I think that's very, I think that's a very good point that it is extremely individualistic, but at the same time, you can build a very good community around it.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's the, you know, one of the next iterations of social media will be something around audio and around podcasts that make them more interactive and Mm -hmm. social.
1: Well, and that's exactly what I'm saying with TikTok is it's a completely 100% audio video based platform. Literally, you just don't write. (laughs) You write like not even a sentence, like a phrase. And that's pretty much what you write and you use a couple hashtags and that's it. And that's why I think that's going to be one of the next big players um, is because overall, I mean, we have Google Home and Amazon Alexa and, you know, smartwatches and all of those are voice activated. Hmm. And you people want that because it's faster, right? It's, it's faster to voice a text than it is to, you know, text it out with your thumbs. <laughs> yeah. So I think overall that it's going to become the next wave of media
0: good yeah well jocelyn this was really fascinating to learn about your background and career and what you're up to and i really appreciate you joining me
1: well thank you for having me on it's been kind of fun (laughs) i love talking about branding and digital marketing
0: (laughs) well it was a pleasure having you here thanks so much thank you all right next time amanda slavin on engagement so stay tuned Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is Copyright 2020. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time.